Hi, I'm John Stevens. This is Matt Russell. And this is Pod Have Mercy. This is Pod Have Mercy. So, I'm John Stevens, and I am the pastor of Chapelwood United Methodist Church in Houston, Texas. And this podcast, Pod Have Mercy, is something we've been talking about doing for a long time. And it's really not just around what we're doing at Chapelwood, but really it's it's a discussion that's far broader than that, yeah. as you've I've talked about. Yes. So in thinking about what does the church look like these next 80 some odd years of the 21st mm-hmm. century, because the old model, the institutional model, organizational model that was kind of created in the mid 20th century of churches on corners, you open the door, everyone comes in. Mm-hmm. You know, now we're seeing more secularization, more people who are less affiliated Mm -hmm. to Christianity, people who don't attend church anymore, and a younger generation that's just doesn't see relevancy in the church at all. So how do we have a conversation and exploration about what the church is really supposed to be in this world, what the church is always supposed to be? Mm. Plugged into something relevant, something real, something that's impacting the world around us. Yeah. Did that sound smart? That sounds really smart. Okay, good. Because you are smart. I think um, a podcast is the ability to keep a conversation going mm-hmm. throughout the week. And, and that's what I find preaching and good preaching is about is really kind of this conversation, this public dialogue. And so I think podcasts are ways of kind of continuing uh, continuing that on, um, and I do. I think you're right, John. In in the sense that the world is changing, and people, I mean, evangelism used to be we've got it, you need it. How about it, right? <laughs> and uh, I think it's changed in that people are going to yoga studios and are finding a deep, resonant spirituality. They're meditating. They're um, they're going to to gyms or different, you know, soul cycle. There's, so there's a thousand different ways that people are gathering and are doing something while feeding their soul. Mm-hmm. And I think the church has just assumed that we have um, the product and that we can just... Um, well, we used to. Yeah. So if you think right. about before internet, before technology, before podcasting, <clears throat> before all this stuff, you know, your spiritual content delivery That's was right. that one hour on Sunday morning in that building on the corner. That's right you know, that had the cross on the top of it. Mm-hmm. And so that's where you went. You made a point to get there. You connected with people in your yeah. community, which now you have so many other ways to connect with people that are in your community. That's right. Outside of, you know, religious affiliation. Mm-hmm. But it was also content delivery. So now you think about, I can get this content anytime I want it, yep. anywhere I want it. I can wake up in the morning and drink my cold brew. <laughs> by Stumptown? Yeah, my cold, I can drink my cold brew and I can sit in the bed in my pajama bottoms. That's right. And I can either stream it live or I can stream it on Tuesday or I can stream it on my, you know, treadmill, yeah. like you said, or my Peloton. It's a cult, by the way, Peloton. Is yeah, a cult. it's an expensive cult. <laughs> <laughs> well, all cults are expensive. Yeah. They, One way or the they, other, they it's going to cost you. <laughs> a large toll. But uh, when you think about a culture that's, more secularized, you know, highly secularized. It, and everybody says that that's the, the, when you're in, when you're kind of inside of institutional religion, you look at that as the enemy. But man, yeah. when you look at like the the gospels, it's like we we talked about this weekend at Chapelwood. When you see Jesus having interactions with institutional religious leaders, mm-hmm. yes, and it didn't always go well. <clears throat> rarely went well. Did it ever go well? <laughs> but then all the people that were out already in the yes. world, the broken people, yeah. the people that 
were, you know, uh, defined as outside mm-hmm. the spaces and the places that were, you know, appropriate for good people to be. Yeah. You know, that's where Jesus was. That's right. And so when we think about, right. you know, gosh, think about this whole season of almost the entire 20th century where institutional religion became sort of the center of American culture. And we built these huge, massive buildings. And we have one. Uh, you know, in these locations, and then we just depended on everyone to come to us. And we still did mission work. We yeah. still went out into the community. But, you know, what was the <clears throat> motivation or the rationale for that? Hmm. I mean, it was good, but there wasn't, it was almost like we went out and we did it and then we came back. Yeah. Whereas when, when you look at in the Gospels at Jesus, he goes out, he doesn't go out and do it and then come back, kind of say, hey, I did my good thing. And he's like living with them, hmm. shaped with them. Yes. Um, shaping them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And to be Christian are the sent ones. We're sent out, right? And so there's a sense in which I think the 21st century is reclaiming um, really the intention of the Spirit that sends us out into the world. So I think a large part of this thing is like rethinking, is this rethinking church? Is this rethinking how we are the church in the world? You know, speaks to another thing is this cultural influence on the church. And man, you look at like politics and how they move into the farthest corners mm-hmm. of, of polarization, yeah, you right. know, as far, I mean, it's just, and the way they talk to each other. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, where is this kind of a loving sense of dialogue, even though I, we may disagree, huh. you and I may disagree on something, but couldn't we sit down and have like a, a kind conversation about yeah. that? As if the most important thing about us are the things we disagree about, right? Uh, so we, we've elevated those disagreements to be central rather than to say, there's so many other things that we haven't, you know, there's so many other things that the world's in need of that we could get busy with and work that stuff out as we go. Yeah. You know? Well, that's the whole cancel culture or yeah. it's, it's it, you're only, you only define yourself nowadays by what you're against. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at if you look at the news channels, <laughs> and at night, it doesn't matter which one you pick. You pick whichever no. one you want. But those yeah. opinion shows at night, and even really kind of the whole day now, yeah. it's like, okay, we're not going to come tell you what we're for. We're just going to tell you what we're against. Yeah, yeah. how we're against that That's guy right. or against that yeah. woman. I mean, yeah. it's it's kind of life stealing if yeah. you think about it. Yeah. Part of what it means to be Christian is, um, maybe a lot of what it means to be Christian is to be developed in this new way, the kingdom, which is, it's not like, you've heard it said, I tell you, you Mm -hmm. know, you've heard it said, um, hate your enemies, I say, you know, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. What Jesus was doing there, he wasn't canceling the old stuff. Mm -mm. You know, it wasn't like, he wasn't like, all that's going to throw out, you know, and we're going to start something completely new. He's fulfilling Yes. So he's he's not <laughs> dismissing it. He's he's kind of getting at the heart of what was always meant by that. Yes. And so it's like I think you know it's kind of hard being in a, a, a pastor for a long time and being a part of a church. It's kind of mm-hmm. hard for me to trash organizational and institutional church. Although I do it pretty regularly. Yeah, and pretty, well, I've gotten pretty good. At it. <laughs> um, but because there's value in organization, there's value in something being instituted. Yes. But the problem is, as soon as you do that your mindset changes from mission to maintenance. Yes. And now all of a sudden you're trying to hold on and maintain everything. Yes. And man, that is like so opposite of yeah. the gospel. Yeah, right, right. And Jesus was always right. about letting go, not grasping. That's right. 
you know? And that's the hard part is that, you know, all the powers, the Pharisees, the scribes, so they're holding on. They didn't want to lose kind of the world they knew. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, they were confronted. Ultimately, they killed him for it. Yeah. Hopefully they won't kill us. Well, maybe if we do it right, they will, you know? Is that is, is that, that is that the is sign that what you aspire to? <laughs> I mean, that's the question you're all going to go yourself. out some way. I'd rather, you know, uh, go out on a burning stake. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. something something dramatic. Head a head lopped <laughs> off. Religion in America, but particularly Christianity, in America, we're going through identity crisis. Mm. You know, we're 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 going through a metamorphosis of a change, and the difficulty is that I think healthy congregations will struggle with this, and they will make that next step into this yes. really risky territory. Yes. Unknown, scary yes. place. Yes. But there's gonna be a lot of churches. Because the thing about churches is they're built around stability too. Yes. I mean it's 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 sanctuary. Yes. It's sanctuary you go in to be to protect yourself from all the influences of the world yes. that you that's that scare you, right? Yeah. So you go in and and you find sanctuary. You yeah. find rest. You find but the problem is if that becomes your identity and you don't then also are sent out into the world to see yourselves as that sent people, yeah. then you just perish. Yes. Will we um, will we break open into things that we don't know? Will mystery lead us? Or will we retract back into what works, double down, shove some things down, and then go backwards in a sense? Right? Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that the life of the church is at a place where all of the tradition that we've had has led us to this point. We've needed it all. Um, and whether it's Phyllis Tickle or these other folks that are talking about the emergence, you know, every 500 years there's a breaking open, that there's this breaking open um, and, we're, and it makes us afraid because, like you'd said, the foundations are shifting. Yeah. But if the one that calls, that, that creates the foundations, that, that speaks water and then walks on it into existence, calls us out of the boat of our stability, um, we can follow that one. You know, and I think that's the call that that I hear you talking about in the life of the church, that we're called to move beyond the structures of the stability and into this risk-taking God. Yeah, and I think that's what's I'm excited about the conversations that we're going to have. Yeah, and other people will be involved in these conversations mm-hmm. too. I think that's yeah. going to be exciting because this podcast is going to be about having these larger conversations, not to get. I don't. I don't. I mean, there'll be times we'll talk about specific things. We'll talk about stuff going on in the world, specific, yes. tangible things. I mean, we have to, that's the intersection. And, and that's ha- a translation of yeah. Yeah. of the word in the world, Jesus in the world. But at the same time, I mean, I want us to have a conversation that, that elevates us, that inspires us, yeah. inspires me and you yeah, yeah. and the people that we, we have yeah. conversations yeah. with. Yeah, yeah. let's run into the uh, we're not really strangers questions. And I, I just selected some random ones. Is that the these? Paper. We turn these over? Yeah, turn those over and then we can go with all of them or maybe just the one that you feel is most. Do we ask each other the, the same questions? or No. Oh, yeah. so I'll start. Mm. What is your defining characteristic? What is my defining characteristic? This is a hard question. Holy schmoly, John. I thought we were keeping it light. I thought so too. But this is defining character that's not on this. <laughs> you have different he's questions. He's oh. We have different questions. <laughs> good no, you don't get to see them in advance. You have to answer them. What is the, my defining characteristic? Your defining characteristic. 
my defining characteristic. All right, so on next week's episode, uh, <laughs> Matt Russell will come back yeah. after he's talked to his wife well, yeah. to share to with therapy. us his defining characteristic. Have a defining after character. he calls his parents and all of his friends from college and talks to after his, his identity crisis sets yeah. in. My defining characteristic. There's a part of me that thinks it's my laugh. I have this real serious side to me, but it's like punctured easily by laughter. And, um, and I think, so my, my, uh, my mom got sick when I was growing up and she was hilarious. And so, um, early on, nothing was, um, sacred in in our house. It could not be laughed at. Hmm. And so everything was open to like, to be joked at. And I think it's because, um, we were around somebody that was dying, but that was also um, experiencing life at the yeah. same time. And so, so laughter in the midst of pain um, um, was, I think, is something that's a defining characteristic. That's awesome. Yeah, you get an A on that. <laughs> Thank you, John. Yeah. What dating advice would you give your younger self? What dating advice would I give my younger self? Go Dutch. You know, once again, uh, once again, as I look back, I think I did it all right the yeah. first time. So I'm not really. No, I'm <laughs> there are actually a couple of girls that would uh, say that's not correct. Jo- Jody's on the line. First time caller. Oh, first time caller. Go ahead, Jody. <laughs> you know, I, I think, like, for my younger self, I think I would have said date more. Yeah. Like, when you're young, you know, you, when, when you're young, it's like yeah. everything is, like it was when you're old too. When you're young, it's like everything is so like intense and serious. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I like you. And it's like, we're going to be together for the rest of our lives, right. you know, and it right. can't be anyone else. And then yeah. your heart's broken. And then the next thing you're like projecting on the next person happen. that's going to be like the rest of your life. I wish, I, I would say, you know, date and do it like ca- more casually. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like just experience all the different yeah. types of yeah people out there yeah you know right you know what i'm saying yeah, i think that's what i would absolutely. say yeah youth what is uh is it twain that says that youth is wasted on the young oh yeah uh, i'd like to go back and if i knew now so you know that dream you have it's like if i could go back in time i would but only if i could take everything i know yes. now because i don't want to go back no no dumb as stick <laughs> again like but, yeah, <laughs> Dumbass, <laughs> go back and like make all the all stupid the mistakes change. all over again. <laughs> no. Like I'm not interested I've in that. that. I'll stay 50 <laughs> and keep going forward. No, thank you. I don't need to be start from 14. No, unless no, you, you give me, me some money. knowledge. You just give me half the knowledge. Yeah, I don't need it all. I, I, yeah. Uh, so John, I, how do you keep your hair so soft and supple? There uh, actually, it's, it's manageable. Gold too. well. Gold. Yeah, Goldwell. Goldwell. Pot Have Mercy is also sponsored by Goldwell. Goldwell for all your hairstyling needs. What do you do for your look? Today? I, no, I mean, just in general, you this nice semi Jesus y hair <laughs> thing going on. So um, it's, uh, I, I wash it, I slap a little Aveda in it, and then I go. Uh, that's a, it, see, it that's so cool. It takes me two and a half seconds. See, that is, that's so cool because uh, it's just like, you know. Just. I don't care, but I really do. But I do. But I, do I spent a lot, four hours but I, caring. But I want you don't. I don't. I yeah. don't really care. See, mine is slowly becoming more and more gray. Yeah, because you're and, a senior pastor. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you look at a picture of me when I came here in 2014, yeah, uh, uh, you look like a 13 oh, year old. <laughs> yeah, I do literally. It's like 
ever since 2015 and the Supreme Court decision on same-sex marriage. It's like, now I have this big white streak through the middle of, I mean, I have this like, this like skunk stripe. It looks good And I'm like, this is like, if you ever wanted to prove stress. Right. It's like every president here on my head. I mean, I will literally show you pictures I had like black hair. So That's this great. week, what have you been doing? <laughs> so um, a friend of mine, he's actually the pastor at St. Luke's United Methodist Church here in Houston, Texas, Tom mm-hmm. Pace. You know him a I little did. bit. You know yeah, him, a little Tom. Yeah. So he shared with me um, a little article that he had written about, you know, a traditional pastor. What I mean by like, you know, just think not traditional in the sense of just how do we live as pastors now in this uh Countercultural uh, church, mm-hmm. and the and the point he makes is that um, you know we live in this world where everything's red versus blue, Republican versus Democrat, conservative versus progressive, white versus black or brown or whatever. It's all all these here again, everything moving out to the edges, the polarization. And he said, you know, the easiest thing if you are a preacher at a church, the easiest thing to do is to go all in on one side. Uh, you know, homogeneity. It's like, we're going all in to be this kind of church with this kind of message. We're not going to try to hold everybody together. And what happens is you're going to have some people that you're going to tick off, you know, a certain segment. But if you go all in, if if you're only about growth and you're only about, you know, that, those people will leave. And you kind of know when people come in, it's it's easier to manage that when everybody's kind of, that got the group thing thing going on. That's right, that's right. And it used to be, that when we were the church and we were speaking prophetically, you know, we would go out into the edges, into the margins, like you said uh, earlier about, you know, we would shine light on the places and the spaces that as we moved out yeah, of yeah. kind of the, the settled center yeah, of, yeah. of where we were, yeah. right? So it would push us out. That's what the prophet did. That's what the prophetic voice of the church did. Shine light on racism, shine light on, you know, in the civil rights, shining. Yeah. We haven't been perfect in those areas and we still have no a long way, way to yeah, go. That's right. But the, the, the churches that did it well, I mean, you look at MLK, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. I mean, right. the Christianity that shines a light on something in, in the edge, in the margin yes. that we needed yes. to move toward, yeah. right? So now what Tom is saying in this article, I think it's fascinating to me, is that now the countercultural leadership is in the center. What if the point is to be faithful? Even if it means lower numbers, smaller yeah, budgets, right. what if being a loving church, loving all sorts of people, is what it really means now to be a counter-cultural community in a polarized culture? What if we had a vision of a church, that uh, people that come to a community of faith that includes conservative and progressives, old and young, rich and poor, yes. gay and straight, white and black and brown, zealot and tax collector. He says, could it be that this community would provide welcome relief to the crowds, as Jesus said in Matthew 9, uh, who, the crowds who were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I, I, I'd yeah, resonate with what he wrote because he's talking about what you see when you look at all these like uh, Pew Research studies about why people are disaffiliating from religion in America sure. is because they see hypocrisy, they see judgmentalism, yes. they see yeah. irrelevancy, and now it's like, yeah, I said on Sunday, it's like, you know, 
Everybody, we always used to say, you got to get out of the box. You got to get out of the box. You got to get out of the box. Everybody's already gotten out of the box. Yeah. And they've moved so far on the extreme. And it's almost like, hey, it's time to get back in the box. There's nobody in the box. I mean, yeah. there actually are a lot of people that would find uh, this wonderful new life yeah. in the midst of this polarized world that we live in because the reality is when you sit down at Thanksgiving with your family or at the dinner table just in your home with your kids man I've heard this so many times on, on any issue that you talk about you're not all in the same place no you know no. and no. so this this vision of unity not uniformity but unity is only way we're gonna find some beauty that's the new countercultural revolution that's right that's right. And if, if the center of that, like you had said on Sunday, is love, compassion, the center of that is the one that not just is loving, but instantiates the very experience of whatever love is, mm. that's the one that's drawing us into that, right? And so then, um, and we have this idea that um, that love is this kind of weak force, right? Um, and I, I wonder if, if it's the love of God, the love of our neighbor, the love of um, the world that God loves, that draws us into the pain and into the margins of the world, into the experience of the world where they're at, right? And so then I think um, as, a, as a pastor uh, in an emerging culture, it's less of being a gatekeeper and more of being a seer. What do we see? Right. Yeah. What do we see that the that uh, and that's what you had said on Sunday, like in in the Gospel of John, all this all these this notion about a blind being given sight, mm -hmm. right? Light coming onto darkness. This this idea of what um, um, there's a poet, the Spanish poet Antonio Machacado, who says all of Jesus's words can be summed up in the one word: wake up. Hmm. And so it's this waking up into a new world that says. Um, this is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. You know, I told, I told you wrong two weeks ago <clears throat> when I said the first words of Jesus were coming and see. Those oh, no. No, the second was. Because I preached that, dude. No, it did, but it, but it fits. <laughs> okay. The first words of Jesus in the Gospel of John is, what are you looking for? Oh, yeah, yeah. What yeah. are you seeking? Yeah. And they said. A question. They, and they answered, and, they, and he said, come and come see. Come and see. That was his response. Right. So everything was about sight. What are you yes. looking for? Yeah. And then he says, come and, come see, and see, which is come and experience. Yeah. Come follow me yeah. and we'll see this. And that sight is connected to light, that's, is connected to belief. That's so good. And, for, and, and in the Gospel of John, and for Jesus, I think, in, in just period, belief is not some intellectual no, ascent. No, 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 no. That's what people get it wrong. Yeah. This is why we're so legalistic in our culture, yeah. is because in our Western mindset, I think it's so culturally driven, is that the the relation, the, that that. Eastern understanding, which, you know, Christianity is an Eastern religion. Eastern religion, yes. By the way, hello. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's, it's like this, it's this transcendent experience yes. of a living God. That's right. Right? That's right. And yet we've turned it into, yeah. uh, you know, rules and yeah. and a rule book. And we, you know, we, like I t we've become the temple police. That's right. 
That's, that's a, is, well, I wonder if that's part of the journey that the enlightenment took us on to where we reduced everything in the enlightenment that I think, therefore, I am. And so what we've done is we've elevated thought um, away from experience. And we said, here's what it means to be a Christian. You believe these things. Well, then you read Matthew 25 and it just punches a square in the nose because Jesus ends up saying, um, many will come to me on that day and say, Lord, Lord, you know, I cast out demons in your name. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, you know, I, I did all these things in your name. And, and, and the master will say, hey, did I meet you at a cocktail party? Because I'm not figured. I don't know who you are, dude. Yeah. You know, but those that were involved in these experiences of where the hungry were, where the prisoners were, where the immigrants were, where those that were down on their luck were, and standing in that place of solidarity, moving in that place of love, then Jesus says, "That's where I was. That's where he would. That's where he is now. Yes. And so the thing yes. is that you know we're around <laughs> all these churches. I read about a church." Uh, recently in Texas, and they're going to have a, a major politician who's associated with a major politician is going to be like Sunday morning. They're going to sit there and talk about, you know, their faith, but also like their particular view of religion and politics. And it's just so alienating. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's like we talk about, you know, Jesus never wanted us to put our trust in the temporal powers. No. Temp I mean, of presidents and senators and congressmen and judges. And now we find a whole culture that's willing to totally look the other way yeah. on character issues. And, and, you know, and again, we've turned everything to a binary choice. That's right. They say, oh, you don't want this president? Oh, you'll take this other one? And they find the worst example, you know. You'll yeah. take that one? Yeah. And it's like, no, I'm just, there. there's more options than that. Yeah. And it's like, there has to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And if we're called to a different and another kingdom that is to be on earth, that we are to um, work and love ourselves into existence with the kingdom of God, then those things will um, call to task any other kingdom, any other empire, any other allegiance, right? And so, um, and I think what, what is, Jim Wallace said, the problem with American Christianity is just that. It's American Christianity, right? Is that we've put on these cultural things um, where I think part of the call of the gospel is for us to stand in the world and, and, and love the world and also be a prophetic um, um, uh, voice and an alternative imagination about the way that we love, about the way that we hold relationships and tension. The hard part I've found, though, <clears throat> is when you start talking that way, mm. people think you don't love America. You know, they hear you because oh. in, in what I say to people is, man, I love America. Oh. I love my country. Yeah. I wouldn't want to live in any other country in the world. Yeah. But you still, it doesn't matter. You still cannot allow that culture to, to like take over the culture of Christianity. It, it's not, that right. it, it, it always, it's always over and above yes. your, your patriotism. Right. And some people find it hard, hard to like, Think about that, yeah. because if you read the Gospels, you're going to find a lot of stuff that Jesus will counter. Yes, that we in our culture lift up and laud and yeah. point to and praise and say, "Hey, go team!" Yeah, and Jesus is not about that. No, I mean, no. so that's the that I think is the hard part. But I, I mean, I dream. Um, I was at a meeting recently with uh, large pastors from across the Southeast in the Methodist mm -hmm. church. And what was fascinating is hearing them talk about how their churches are very diverse. 
mm-hmm. and they don't like these binary choices yeah. of this corner or that corner. Yeah. They, this exactly what we're talking about is, is the dream of yeah. unity. Uh, and, and so the, the vision and the discussion is about how do we not play by those rules? How do we start talking about a vision that's Christocentric, that's Christ-centered, yeah. that's mission-driven, that's about evangelization yeah. of the world, and, and allow us to focus on those things that are far bigger issues than over these non-essential, non-creedal kind of arguments that yeah. we have about so many things that wanna divide us. These are people who serve diverse contexts, exactly what we're talking about. They're trying to say, we wanna, we wanna be the countercultural yes. movement that moves back into the center and says, we can disagree and yet be one that's right. together. That's right. That's right. That's the call of the gospel always. I, I love, was it John 14 that you brought up, that, that, which is really the Lord's Prayer, may they be one. John 17, yeah. John, thank you. Thank you. You can quote a lot more fancy names than I, I can. But I don't, know, I don't know chapter and verse and stuff, man. As I read my Bible, I grew up, I'm hey, back hey, in hey, hey, son, I grew up in South Georgia. I, I can help you on the Bible. I know part. my Bible. All right, so here's my current event for the week. Okay. Coronavirus, Go. Dude, I don't cough on me. Well, and also, listen, when do not go on a cruise. Right? It is a floating petri dish. <laughs> if right? this didn't cure you, I don't know how the cruise industry is going to make it now. I mean, honestly. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine any I I mean, the the it's going to be really cheap. It, yes. 59.99. The Corona Cruise. You can sail out of Gal- Galveston, <laughs> Texas. $59.99 for a seven day for, all in For 70 days. 70 days. Well, it, it's a seven day that could potentially become a two month lockdown <laughs> right, in right. your room. Yeah, coronavirus, man. It's, it's a real it's, thing. It is a real thing. That is that was very profound. It's I a d- real thing. I, I don't have an opinion. I think on it's the fake corona. news. <laughs> I don't have an opinion on it. I don't. It's bad. It's bad. It's not good. Yeah, wash your hands regularly. Yeah, and we're, if you have we're both kids doctors. Up, if you, <laughs> as my son will say, but Dad, you're a fake doctor. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, I was on a plane last week and the lady, she got kind of faint and air sickness. It wasn't anything serious, but it was like a medical emergency. There is a doctor on the plane and I'm like, no, I, that's when I go. No, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not, not a doctor that can actually help anybody. So that's right. What are we up to this week? I am headed to Oklahoma city. Woohoo! I know. Oh, wow. I'm so How'd you draw excited. That straw, bro? It's, <laughs> There's like uh, there's like a church meeting that's okay. there that I have to go to for like this uh, jurisdictional type thing. You're just stoked, aren't you? No, 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 not at all. But <laughs> but my daughter Maddie, okay, is at the University of Oklahoma, okay, which is just suburb of Oklahoma City. So I'm going to go up uh, tomorrow, day early. Oh, that's and great. we're going to eat dinner two nights. Oh, so I that's mean, great. if there's, I mean, better that I get to go there and do this yeah. than I don't know, Little Rock, Little Rock, yeah. Arkansas. No offense isn't? to Little Rock, Arkansas. I'm sure it is a beautiful town. To our fans in Little Rock, we or love you. Topeka, of Kansas is a beautiful state, but I, I'm just saying, I yeah. get to go to a place where my daughter is. That's awesome, and so get to kind of hang out and visit with her. So that's what I'm doing this week. In the midst of all this other stuff I'm going to be doing that will not be fun, <laughs> I get to do that, <laughs> which will be fun. That's great. That's great. I am um, um, I'm still kind of adjusting to Chapelwood and being back, which is just 
been great. And so I've got a bunch of meetings. Uh, and part of that is that we're getting ready for our book release um, at the Museum of Fine Arts in May. And so we're meeting with the museum and uh, a bunch of other students. Now, is this with Iconoclast? This right? is with the Iconoclast artists that is great. a ministry of Chapwood now that um, is, is reaching out to um, really under-resourced schools in uh, Spring Branch and surrounding areas. So, uh, so we're going to have great. to spend some time. I know in the future when we do this on some other uh, podcast yeah. to talk about, about the it. great work that's going on mm-hmm. with these yeah. curate iconoclast and other things. But that's just great. So you're getting ready for that. This yeah, week. we're getting we're kind of gearing up for that. We'll have about hopefully close to. 900 to 1,000 folks at the Museum of Fine Arts wow. um, May 7th. And, um, and the books that, uh, that we sell all go to a scholarship fund for these kids. Um, great. These That's schools. awesome. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. It's, it's, it's great stuff. That's so that cool. The church would love these kids into a better future. So. Yeah, that's great. So for those of you on News Channel 2 uh, who have <laughs> videoed in, this is Pod Have Mercy. This is uh, Matt Russell when he was younger. You look a lot like John Stamos. Well, it's my mullet days. You know, business in the front, party in the back. Yeah. That's, Gosh, uh, you were really handsome. Man. I was. I, I've gone. I've let myself go. <laughs> Well, this has been fun. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited about this journey we're going to be on. This, this is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk about a lot of things. And I, I'm really excited about the potential of bringing a lot of yeah. voices in with us as well. Yes. And to talk about really just to, to a broad uh, mm. celebration of just how I think uh, we're being called to live into this future as yeah. the church, to be relevant, to be meaningful. Yeah. And so I'm John Stevens. And I'm Matt Russell. And this is Pod Have Mercy.